Good morning and welcome to worship with the United Methodist Church Westlake Village. We are so glad that you found us online this morning as we celebrate on this 4th of July weekend. This time of year, people across the country and from different backgrounds have traditionally come together around tables, picnic tables, kitchen tables, dining tables, so that they might reflect and pause on the founding values of independence and hopefully enjoy the company of friends and loved ones. It is different this year, substantially different and rightly so. For this year, we pause to ask ourselves, what is life giving? To gather or to stay safely distant? Will we think only of our own assumptions of safety or will we understand the ramifications of our actions for the most vulnerable populations? We pause to ask, what is freedom? And how does our life in Christ impact that freedom? We consider the life of the church locally and globally on this annual conference Sunday. Today we gather around another table, the Lord's table. And so if you have not gathered your items for communion yet, your bread and your juice, I'd encourage you to do so now. Let us prepare our hearts for worship. morning. Our Psalter for this day is Psalm 51. Hear these words. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. According to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you alone have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight so that you are justified in your sentence and blameless when you pass judgment. Indeed, I was born guilty, a sinner, when my mother conceived me. You desire truth in the inward being, therefore touch me, teach me wisdom in my secret heart. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and put a new and right spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of my salvation and sustain in me a willing spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will return to you. Deliver me from bloodshed, O God, O God of my salvation and my tongue will sing aloud of your deliverance. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. For you have no delight in sacrifice. If I were to give a burnt offering, you would not be pleased. The sacrifice acceptable to God is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despair.
Let us be in a moment of prayer. Lead us, creation's architect, into all of those places where we will discover your hope, waiting to nourish and restore our famished souls. Lead us, shepherd of little children, into all of those places where we may have the joy of filling the emptiness of others with your goodness. Lead us, spirit of goodness, into those places where deeds of kindness and hands overflowing with mercy speak louder than platitudes. Lead us, creator, sustainer, redeemer, as we lift up these prayers of our community. We join with Carol Ames lifting up prayers for Aksha Hitchens, a former member of the church and her family in Roseville as she had several large strokes last week and is now home on hospice care. Be with Acha and her family that they might know your presence, might know your peace, and might welcome your presence now. Lord, we lift up prayers for Diane Holder and Jim Lawson as they heal physically and emotionally from their accident and await details for the next steps of recovery. Be with them watch over them, offer them healing. For all of those clergy and churches who are experiencing firsts today, just like our own John Gentry and the Palmdale United Methodist Church, be with them that they have wonderful new beginnings and they see the ways in which your spirit has led them to this place. We lift up prayers for everyone impacted by the pandemic, physically, medically, economically, emotionally, spiritually, and socially. Be present in each situation, offering the guidance, support, and healing needed. God in community, holy and one, lead us into your kingdom as we pray as Jesus has taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen.
Our scripture reading today is from the book of Acts, selected verses from the fourth chapter. Peter and John have headed to the temple, and along the way, they've healed a man who was lame from birth. Well, it's really Christ who heals the man through them, and Peter and John make clear through their words to the gathered crowd that that's the truth of the matter, the power of Christ's spirit through them to heal the man. Well, this ends them up in jail for the night. And we pick up the story with verse five. The next day, the rulers, elders, and scribes assembled in Jerusalem. When they had made the prisoners stand in their midst, they inquired, by what power or by what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders, if you are questioning today because of a good deed done to someone who was sick and are asked how this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that this man is standing before you in good health by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders. It has become the cornerstone. Well then, you can imagine the authorities were amazed by the boldness and the conviction of these uneducated apostles and wanting to not make it worse for themselves with the crowd of supporters, they told the apostles to knock it off. Back to the text. So they called them and ordered them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered them, whether it is right in God's sight to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. For we cannot keep from speaking about what we have seen and heard. Boom. Did you hear that? Peter and John just laid it out there for everyone to hear. The apostles are dismissed and regrouped with their friends later, rejoicing in how God was using them. And then they prayed for God to, to keep it up. And now, Lord, look at their threats and grant to your servants to speak your word with all boldness. While you stretch out your hand to heal and signs of wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. When they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God with boldness. Well, there you have it. Walk with God, and God walks with you. May God add his blessing to the hearing of these holy words about the growth of the early church by faith this morning.
My name is Lynn Dawkin, and this has been my second year as one of your lay delegates to CalPAC Annual Conference. Last year, after my first experience, I reported about how even though some things were very different, there were so many things that were familiar from having attended conference as a child and then for certain events throughout my life as a United Methodist. Well, this year was definitely different. Attending on Zoom made you feel more detached, but at times more focused since there were less distractions than being in the wonderful environment on campus at the University of Redlands with hundreds of your brothers and sisters. We have been asked to share what our takeaways were from this year's annual conference experience. And I have to put that in the context of this very in-between space where we find ourselves. As individuals, still more in our homes than not, as a congregation that is ready to set course on its second 50 years, but cannot yet meet face to face. As a denomination that has had to postpone major decisions about inclusion in our future. As a society that has to figure out how to live together with peace and justice. So what resonated with me out of this year's conference were the recurring refrains that began with the conference theme of, we are the church. If I started, you could all sing along. We heard results of numerous conversations, discussions, and surveys that have taken place over the last year to make sure all voices have been heard. And there was basic agreement on the importance of our Wesleyan foundations and traditions. We share common beliefs in both our connectionalism and the importance in our lives of the local church. In Wesley's concept of the unmerited grace of God, in the importance of sitting together in our diversity to continue our discussion about how to be followers of Jesus. We were presented with the theology of one table and asked to consider what that one table has meant to us personally. I'm not talking about open table where in the good old days, five months ago, you could make reservations on <clears throat> online ahead of time at any restaurant. I'm talking about being able to show up at any United Methodist table, no matter the size or shape or location, and be welcomed and accepted. Just like all of us have had to make adjustments in our homes, work, and activities to figure out how to live in the now, as a conference, we have to figure out what we are the church means in the now. And under the current circumstances, we have a lot of work to do as the church together to meet Wesley's challenges for us. To do all the good you can, by all the means you can, in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, at all the times you can, to all the people you can, as long as ever you can. This is the shared Wesleyan heritage to which we aspire, together. Hi, I'm Jay Singh. I served as a district youth delegate for the North District and the annual conference this year. I really appreciated the opportunity to experience this event and learned a lot about the inner workings of the church. I was greatly touched by the friendship, camaraderie, and sense of family throughout the event. It was really great to interact with fellow Methodists from around our conference. I have to admit, I was a little intimidated at first, but the warmth and friendliness of the congregation really helped to make me feel right at home. I was impressed with everything about the annual conference, 
However, the topic that really resonated with me the most was the inclusiveness of the church, especially towards a con controversial subject such as the Black Lives Matter movement. The bishop had a very strong speech addressing the wrongs of the past towards people of color in the church as well as in society in general. The most powerful moment in that speech was when the bishop asked us to repeat after him, Black Lives Matter. Then, he instructed us to repeat it as many times as the Holy Spirit led. The bishop's address was after the observance of silence for 8 minutes and 46 seconds as a solemn tribute to George Floyd and the Black Lives Matter movement. Another striking point was when a guest speaker, Gary Williams, spoke about his unique perspective from his personal experience of being an African-American man in South Central Los Angeles, who felt people not of color or did not grow up in that area could not relate to his perspective. The main thing he pointed out was that while Americans who do not commit crimes do not feel threatened by police, it was not the same for African-Americans, who are always treated as potential criminals in every aspect of their lives. We then did some breakout rooms where people shared their perspectives and experiences regarding the Black Lives Matter movement. It was an eye-opening recognition of a problem we don't normally speak about. Of course, we also voted on, and I can't stress this enough, a lot of things. I got some I'm hazy about, and some no clue. Overall, this has given me a unique perspective of the Methodist Church, our fellow Methodists, and our commitment to doing the right things, not just in our community, but around the world. Once again, I'm very honored and grateful to have served as a delegate and look forward to seeing you in the church in the future. Thank you. Hello, church. We're five of us here to talk to you about our experiences in the annual conference this year. It was interesting, it was a Zoom meeting, not in person. This is my 10th year to attend annual conference on behalf of the church. I'd like to share with you a little bit from a sermon from uh, Reverend uh, Jim Lawson, uh, retired pastor from Holman United Methodist Church and a protege of Dr. Martin Luther King. He preached a sermon that uh, really touched me. Uh, this is one little small piece of his sermon that I'll share with you. Sorry, this part of where I'm starting out, it says, the 17th verse of the first chapter of Mark, the earliest book, Jesus seeks Simon and Andrew and says to them, follow me and I'll make you fishers of, for people, using the new Revised Standard Version. We cannot be the church we cannot be witnesses unless the heart of our religious orientation and our prayers is a call for eternity. Follow me and I will make you fishers of people. Maybe we of Christianity must change the Christian paradigm. We are not a fellowship of people primarily seeking salvation for ourselves or with the only true word and true Savior. We are rather people of God who seek the promised land, who re recognize that in the world we are in a wilderness of ethical responsibility, great disasters confronting the human race. The human race is fragile before the spiritual forces of wickedness. Perhaps this call is for a different paradigm, not the creeds of faith or the creeds of systems of how you are saved but rather developing the spirituality and the power and the transformative living that allows the church to be a, a people of God, seeking through the midst of injustice, justice. Seeking over cap racism and sexism and violence and plantation capitalism, truth and beauty and wonder and a human community that truly reflects being the children of God. Come follow me, and I will make you fishers of people. So, sisters and brothers, the Gospels agree. The religion of Jesus never allows us to sit still, thinking the journey is somehow over, the ministries are done. On the contrary, the journey with Jesus as it began beyond our sight, so it continues beyond our sight from here to eternity. What a marvelous thing that we can also see around us, 
the finest people's movement, the finest movement of nonviolent struggles that our nation has ever seen, where in every, never has it been in a single generation that has taken three or four hundred years for our land to become, will probably take another two or three hundred years to become the nation of the philosophy of life. We withhold these truths to be self-evident. That last part really got to me. It's a great sermon. I hope that we have a chance to put it up on our uh, website so you can hear the whole thing. It's about 21 minutes. Uh, There's lots and lots of thoughts in there. It's really deep. Uh, I hope that that little piece uh, was beneficial to you. God bless. The Rhythm of Annual Conference is deliberate and well-defined. It is inspiring, informative, and challenging. A balance of recognizing both the work of the local churches and the work of the conference. Of course, there are matters of business that must be addressed. One is the conference budget. The process includes reviewing the budget and a time for questions, answers, and comments. This year, instead of a vote of approval, a motion was made and passed to postpone voting on the budget until after Bishop Hagaya presented his anti-racist values plan. The makers and supporters of the motion explained they did not want to vote on the budget prior to hearing the plan and having the option to add to the line item supporting justice ministries. Perhaps this affirmative vote may seem like business as usual, but for me, it was a moment of intentional awareness, a particularly powerful grace-filled moment. There were other salient moments, other confirmations of who we are and to whom we belong. But for me, this time of reconsideration, of postponement, was about the heart and spirit of the annual conference. The plan had captured the attention of the delegates. They were serious and committed to its purpose and they wanted to be certain that funds would be available to support the ministry. The following day, Bishop Hagaria outlined a plan that prompted the postponement vote. The initiative, he told us, is part of a two-year project that will include black churches throughout the Western jurisdiction. It will be a conference-wide plan that will go into effect to address anti-racism by praying, planning, and strategizing a program to engage and nurture the next generation of leaders designed and implemented by the new Director of Connectional Ministries, along with black laity and clergy. In addition, a therapist who specializes in issues of race will work with clergy and laity. The bishop emphasized training and community engagement as the church moves towards a cooperative structure. He asked us to participate in efforts to empower a dynamic anti-racist ministry. We viewed a particularly thought-provoking video which further underscored the need to support historically black churches. The speakers stressed the need for black churches to learn to be independent and autonomous while working collaboratively with one another. The Bishop's presentation, along with the video, led to a motion to increase the budget for strengthening the Black Church Justice and Compassion Essential Ministries team. John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist movement, emphasized both personal and social holiness. He encouraged us to run the race which is before us in a way of universal love. He told us our words, our genuine picture of our hearts. He said, if your heart is as my heart, give me your hand. My friends, I believe the decision made by the delegates to postpone the vote was an example of the way of universal love, a revelation of our hearts, indeed an extension of our hands, affirming the state of our hearts. Good morning, I'm Candace Shehorn. I was asked to be one of the lady from our church to attend the CalPAC annual conference. You just heard from the others about the various topics of this conference. This being my first time, and given our current health situation, it was held virtually 
using the Zoom platform. Generally, the conference is held in Redlands over three days. I experienced the conference from my laptop, sitting in my home, and the conference was shortened to two and a half days. But those days were packed with information from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. and sometimes longer. It included worship, breakout sessions for discussion, various speakers, and music to celebrate the Methodist faith. Our opening service started with the blowing of the conch shell from Hawaii. We were greeted in Hawaiian, Tongan, Fujian, and English by the pastor of the Hawaiian church. This was just the beginning of the many diverse experiences that this conference had in store. There were over a thousand lay and clergy gathered through the Zoom platform. Unlike being in a conference hall, we were welcomed into people's homes, their churches and communities through virtual technology. It was enlightening to see beyond our church on the corner, to see the breadth of churches involved in the conference. There were approximately 50,000 members in almost 350 local churches throughout Southern California, parts of Central California, Hawaii, the Pacific Islands, Guam, and Saipan. This information made me realize that our church, while locally administered, is greatly influenced by the bishop and the commonalities we all face. How to reach younger families, how to shift our church to be as relevant today as it was 50 years ago. Like many of you, I attended business conferences throughout my career, but the experience I had with this annual conference was different. I've been a member of UMCWV since the 80s. My children were confirmed in this church and were part of the youth group. My husband and I have attended services and part of various church groups where we enjoyed the fellowship of this great congregation. We gave what we could financially and felt that this church on the corner was and is our home for spiritual growth and community. However, the conference gave me an insight into another aspect of the church. Yes, we are a group of people. We come together and worship and we enjoy each other. However, our church is so much bigger and it touches so many. The church does have a business side. It's the administrative side and it guides and provides leadership. It ensures that new pastors are trained and ordained, and it honors those that served. Our Bishop Hygieia, who, with kindness and caring, chaired the conference with all the technical aspects. There were polls, voting, videos, geographical distances, and confusion over this new platform for performing business that was normally done in person. Robert's rules of order were used as discussion and voting were taking place. Each church, like ours, has its own personality and parishioners. Each one to do what's best for their church. This conference was about making sure all voices were heard, while still looking out for the greater good of all Methodist churches. Today's world is full of challenges. Together, our church will not ignore these issues, but will address them with the kindness and love that our church leadership so eloquently spoke about during this conference. We all have a choice. We come from different backgrounds. We have different experiences, which make us each uniquely who we are. We need to open up to those differences with different backgrounds and experiences and let all voices be heard. As I watched and participated in this annual conference, I saw how with leadership and understanding from the participants Working together, we can strengthen our church. And yes, at times, that may mean that we need to see things through a new lens. I bring this to you as a challenge for all you do, as well as myself, to become more active, move beyond, and get involved in the business of the church. To understand the business side of the church is to understand all aspects of the church, which we call our spiritual home. For those that already do so much, thank you. For those that are like me, let's join together to help the church to reach its goals and to bring God's message into the community where we all gather knowing we have the full story of the church on the corner and what it needs to survive.
Thank you, Lynn, Jay, Nancy, Charles, and Candace for sharing your perspectives on annual conference. Blessed Assurance is one of the songs that we heard multiple times during, during our session. And it reminds us that our story and song is to praise our Savior and to focus on how we might proclaim God's message of grace, hope, and unity to a world, working to truly bring about God's kingdom here on earth. As we give our gifts to the church, we are working to build the kingdom so that we might become the church and the people that God desires us to be. We ask you to prayerfully consider to prayerfully consider how you might share your resources to the furtherment of God's kingdom. Today we gather around the Liberator's table to remember what true freedom really is. It is a table where outsiders and the least of these were invited. It is a table where the privilege also had a place, but were invited to let the seats of honor be given to those who had not previously been afforded access to them. All are invited to the table of freedom. You don't have to earn it, and you shouldn't have to fight for it. You simply have to accept the chair pulled out already for you. I guess she just needs Let to do it. Pray. Liberating God be with you. It appears that we're having technical difficulty. So as we are working on Walt's screen, I will modify and adapt until we have him back online. The liberating God be with you. Lift up your hearts with joy. Let us give praise to the author of freedom. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere, to give our praise to you this day, liberator of all humankind. You unleashed your creative power, and a world blossomed. You bestowed upon every living thing life and breath and color and movement. 
no matter how many battles we wage within and between ourselves and against you, you are promise, vision, and gift of peace and abundance continues. Holy are you and blessed is your son Jesus to those who are imprisoned by status, race, law, origin, illness, poverty, gender, age, or disease. He said, your belief has set you free. You are a child of God. He invited his disciples, friends, and strangers alike to his table. He proclaimed God's grace to all with whom he broke bread. He proclaimed God's love to all with whom he shared the cup. He told us to remember freedom has come and freedom is coming. Holy Spirit, transform this meal and transform this body that we might be free to love without condition, invite without hesitance, go without reservation, and proclaim your freedom to all of the world. Amen. We are about to receive a gift of music, and I encourage you to partake of the gifts of communion that are at your table and share and serve one another during this time of music. Pastor Walt was hoping to come and give our benediction, but I have his words in front of me, so I am going to read them to you and share his perspective and the words that he wanted to share with you at the end of our worship this day. Let's give thanks to the diligent and thoughtful work of our lay delegates to annual conference. It was an unusual conference. Though Walt would confess, it was a bit delightful to not be in a hundred degree weather of Redlands even if that meant staring at the computer screen all day. And our delegates did a marvelous job staying connected to the proceedings, making sense of it all, and conveying what they discerned as essential for us all. Again, thank you, delegates. As we move forward into this next appointment year of 2020, 21, 20 and 21, it is clear to us leaders that we have two priorities before us as God's children, as disciples of Christ, and as people called Methodist. One is to be the church to a community suffering through an extended pandemic. We will continue with our online ministries of worship, prayer, study, service, and fellowship and work towards arranging our regathering on campus to occur as soon as feasible in healthy and spiritually nurturing ways. There are some uncomfortable or annoying aspects to this online church reality for many of us, like Wi-Fi not working for us, and we are simply going to have to manage these challenges and meet the pressing needs before us as best we can. Our second priority is our anti-racism initiative launched by our denomination and embraced by our annual conference <clears throat> to mobilize our local congregations to this necessary and long overdue goal in America. We are all in this together as God's children and we intend to love our neighbor as ourselves and to be our brothers and sisters keepers. Just as the good Lord instructed. There is a purposefulness in following Jesus, and this is one of those ways that we are to be and help all become. Enough is enough. It is time that we get this racial thing right.
to these challenging days, or so these challenging days are very exciting days. There's a story about how a person was trying to trip up a sage, a lot like those Pharisees in Jesus, I suppose. The person went to the sage with a little bird held in his closed hand, asking if the bird was dead or alive. The plan was is that he would squeeze the bird dead if the sage said the bird was alive, or he would reveal the bird as alive if the sage said the bird dead. Is the bird alive or dead? The person asked. The sage thought a moment and then said, it's in your hands. What shall we make of these days is in our hands. These could be the worst days, or these may, interestingly and remarkably, be days sprinkled with lasting moments of amazing wonder and unmitigated goodness, of poignant love, of personal rebirth, of social transformation, of deferred dreams reclaimed and achieved, of an emerging new normal, better than what was, of a healthier and more spirit-grounded course to a better life. It's in our hands. Make of it what you will. Choose wisely. Yet, know this. The spirit is loose and our names are being called. May God help us all to be the better selves God intended us to be. Be safe, stay healthy, and know that you are loved. In just a moment, you'll receive our extroit, and then there's an extra postlude that is offered in honor of the 4th of July weekend. We hope you'll stay tuned. <laughs> 